Hey guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Amanda. And this right here is Allegedly. so glad you're joining us and would love to grow the Allegedly family. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Allegedly TCP. Our website link can be found on any of our social media or in the show notes below. You can email us at allegedlytruecrime at yahoo.com. Also, please rate, review, or share this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Hey guys! So, hello. we are here for part three it's the end this is it i'm i'm not dragging this out to part four i'm not i'm are we we're not gonna get answers are we because you said the beginning there's gonna be there's a lot of unanswered questions but before we get into part three um i know that we've been keeping you up on a couple things as far as i think we've mentioned the presence that lives in my bedroom there have been weird things that have been going on as far as things flying across my kitchen just now she has this presence in her bedroom all the time but since she's been researching this case that we're currently covering even weirder things have happened. And we didn't mention in part two, but right before part two, we we had dinner and I had a choking incident. Oh my God, she did. She choked on a sausage. <laughs> I did. I, I did. immediately regretted saying that out loud. I know. It sounds bad and everybody's laughing right now, I'm sure. But it was it was an Italian sausage. It, it was, was cut an, up. It was an Italian, mild Italian sausage. That's the day we made dinner, and you made the peppers and onions. With the right, yeah. and it was super hot, but I was super hungry. So, so she choked on. It was so hot, so instead of spinning it out, she tried to swallow, swallow it whole. whole. I don't know why I did that. That is <laughs> never my instinct, but it was that day. And I told people about this. They're like, "Oh, that's just one more thing during Hinterkai fact that has happened." It actually damaged your esophagus for a good half a week there i it was so bad and then we both got sick yep now we're both getting better we both got sick because the day that we cooked dinner together we also had strawberry shortcake and she ate off of my fork the last bite and i think i was already sick but didn't know it then well who knows at least it's not covid i already gave her that too so we've been here (laughs) done that yeah it's been it's been a wild ride and i'm hoping that after we're done with hinterkaifeck everything calms down yeah but this has nothing to do with Hinterkaifeck. I had not, we had not recorded that day. This was what, two days ago? Yeah. We had not recorded that day. I wasn't talking about it. I just went to bed. The cat, Ramses, was on me doing his, oh, Ramses, my cat does this weird thing. He suckles his paw. All of a sudden, my bed started shaking. Just my bed. And it wasn't, it wasn't like earthquake shaking, like really, really heavy. It was just slight, but I could feel it. So I grabbed my cat because the lights were out. I grabbed my cat thinking maybe whatever he's doing is shaking the bed. Startled him. It was not the cat. The bed continued to shake. So I grabbed my phone, turn the light on, bed stops. I'm like, what is this? So turn the light off. Bed starts shaking instantly again. Ramses noped the hell out of there. He jumped. He ran. He was like, no, no. (gasps) He was scared. He was not having it. So I turn my flashlight on my phone again, turn it back on, bed stops. I, 
I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Turn the flashlight back off. I would, I want to go to bed. Yeah. Bed starts shaking again. This went three times. We went around three times. After the third time of me turning the flashlight on my phone on again and the bed stopped shaking, it never did it again. It hasn't done it. But that's just like one more thing. The presence has been making itself known quite a bit. I don't know how you sleep. I don't know how you sleep. I nope. I have so much happening in this nope. apartment. Between your upper and lower People, and presence and I. I yeah, yeah, I've got a lot going on. I do want to, if you all hear me, because I've already done it and it's bothering the heck out of me. Somebody who listens, who I'm a little surprised. So I think we should give a shout out because I'm surprised by this listener. Hello, Aunt Tammy. Oh my gosh, I love her. <laughs> you just bowed like Sorry. she's a queen. Sorry. She is. She, she would totally say that. Too. She would definitely say she is. Yes. That being said, she listens. I and was I was really surprised. really surprised. I was. And she likes it. And I was more surprised. I'm by more that. yes. <laughs> she did tell me that I tend to use filler words, which is true. I say um, and or what was the other one she said? That With that being said, said, which Ashley says that all the time when we're not recording. That I think that's just an Ashley thing. I think she just that's her phrase. She just says it. Allegedly. With that being said, that's I'm just gonna add that. It's, it's going to be like a promotional thing now. Allegedly, with that being said. But um is a big thing for me. So if I say um and I catch myself and you just hear me get upset about it, just move on like that's not happening. <laughs> um, well, son of a blowtorch. <laughs> that went to hell in a handbasket That did not. I There were, Aunt Tammy <laughs> did tell me that I should just breathe in when I, because I'm using um as a transition. Yeah. She goes, well, when you want to say um or and or with that being said to transition into your next thought, just take a deep breath in. Apparently, my mouth did not do that. So we went with Aunt um. Tammy, we should know this by now, but her brain and her mouth are not on the same wavelength. No, they're not. I don't know if you haven't been and they probably never will be. It's I think we're past that because I'm 37. I'm not getting any younger. I think we're past the let's fix her now stage. Yeah. I think all we can hope for is to fix my offspring, but that's probably a no-go either. I don't know. You know, the upcoming generation scares me. So, oh, gosh, me too. You know, they did the Tide Pod thing and, well, you know, whatever. Let's just get into this because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So those of you who are new to the podcast, stop now. Do not go further. Go back and listen. Go back. We are in part three of Hinterkaifeck, so you are not going to know anything that's going on. If you jump in now, you're going to be hella so lost. confused. You need to, yeah. I am going to give a little summary right now. Well, we have the Grubers and the Gabriels. So this is the family. Yep. Um, there's incest going on. They all live under one yeah, roof. Yeah, between them. The father and the daughter. the daughter. There's illegitimate child. There's a man who was told that he has to be the father of the child, but he's not actually the father of the child, but he has to pay to be the father of the child. There's six dead bodies. There's... There's a coffee delivery um, There's a coffee seller. dealers. They're coffee, coffee dealers. dealers. There's coffee dealers. Those seem to be important to Lorenz. We just need to go back. Yeah, there's a lot. This is all in 1922 in Germany. So go back, listen to part one and part two, and then join us for part three. Let's, where did we end off? Do you remember? I think we just covered the murders and I had told you about poor young Cazelia Gabriel and how she could have survived if somebody had gotten to her sooner. Yes, you did. But she had such anxiety about her horrific wounds 
that she was actually pulling her hair out yes, and she was she found with clumps of hair. Okay. So that is where we left off. So here we go. After the murders, on September 22nd, 1922, the property was then sold to Carl Gabriel's brother, Joseph, for three million marks. Do you remember Carl Gabriel? Yes. He is the one that married Victoria Gruber. Yes. He is the father of young Cazelia. And he went off to war before Cazelia was born and died. Yes. I think we went over that in episode one. Yes. His brother, Joseph, bought the property, Hinter Kaifek, for three million marks. There was a court battle, of course, because it was over inheritance claims. Okay. Because there were still people that were like, well, wait a second. So on one side was the Gruber Starringer family, and then on the other side was Carl Gabriel Sr. It was like, remember older Cazelia? She was married before. Yes. And her, so it was those children that kind of were just left out of the loop. And they were like, wait a second, don't we have claim to this? Because originally it was so-and-so's, therefore it's ours. In the end, an agreement was finally reached out of court. And Carl Gabriel Sr.'s son, Joseph, was able to buy the farm. Okay. So. Did they move in? Did they move in? That's a good question. Not really. Okay. But who's going to want to move in? Yeah, it's probably, yeah, good good call. I wouldn't. Uh, Heck no. So he was able to buy the farm with the associated forest, which is is wood, and the land from the community of heirs for the agreed purchase price of 3 million marks. Shortly after that, in early 1923, Carl Gabriel Sr. and his sons tore it all down. Oh. They were like, nope, all of it. Gone. We're, we're done with this. Wow. Which, I mean, six dead bodies, horrific. We don't have anybody for it. Uh, that's what we didn't cover in our little summary when they came, you know. Remember the Munich police officer there? Oh, I don't like He that. walked around and was like, oh. Oh, robbery, I'm bad. Yep. That was it. <laughs> and he was like, but that, we also went through all of the statements. He, he, he circled. He circled a lot. He was like, well, this is what I think it is, but here's all the evidence that doesn't say that's what it is. I don't know. I don't, I just still don't like him. Mm-hmm. I don't like him and I don't like a Lorenz. Mm-hmm. Again, people go back to part one and part two and you'll know exactly why we don't like these people. Yeah, yep. So it was during this process with the help of neighbors tearing down the buildings that someone found a secret space. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. As soon as you started talking, I immediately in my head was like, I bet you any money she's going to say they found a secret passage or like a secret room. And there you said it. Yes. So it was in the attic floorboards. Where they heard all the noises. Yeah. The crazy, the maid who thought, you know, hey, there's ghosts in the attic. One day and ran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they searched, they found there was a bloody mattock. Do we know what that is? Do you no, know but you said bloody. It's got to be bad. It's not good. Yeah, and a pen knife. So I know right now that I'm saying that word wrong. It almost looks like a pickaxe, kind of. Oh, okay. Okay. Andreas Gruber actually made his own. Like, he he built his own, and they, they have it. That's the one they found, okay? So it's a hand tool used for digging in the ground. It's similar to the pickaxe. A pen knife is similar to a pocket knife. A former farmhand, George Siegel, confirmed that the mattock that had been found belonged to Andreas Gruber. And it's the one that he made. He explained that Andreas Gruber made it himself, which I find very sad because when they inspected it, the answer to the question that had been bugging the investigators 
had been revealed. Remember when they found young Cazelia and they said there was like a star shape on her? It was from that, wasn't it? Yes, it's from the Matic, but they were all killed with the Matic, they believe. Okay. The thing that sets this apart is Andreas Gruber put a large nut and bolt on it and it was protruding from the backside of the tool. So if he used the backside of the tool to bludgeon young Cazelia, it was leaving like a star shape because of the nut and bolt. That's, I mean, it was almost like a signature. Yeah. Because another one wouldn't have had that. Andreas Gruber put it on there. The pen knife could have been used to slit young Cazelia's throat, but it was never confirmed for sure. Both weapons were tested for fingerprints, but of course, none were found. How? I, you know, I don't know. It's 1922. Well, true. That's true. You know? And... I guarantee you it's there now been there, but they the, were just too early on. Right. And the murders took place March 31st. They now found it... September. September 23rd. Right. So, so it's been a while. Who knows? Maybe somebody went back to the property. Who knows? We don't know. different things. We don't know. Yeah. They had anybody and their brother up in that property anyway. Yeah. Going back to the police report, Rain Gruber said that he believed the motive was robbery. This was a weird assumption since there was plenty of money left found around the house. Which we covered in part two. There was piggy banks. And oh my all gosh. Just, it was not a robbery. There was so much. This was at a time when even a penny could buy some food. Jewelry and watches were also left and he dismissed it as peasant jewelry. He was like, yeah, we, which I'm assuming peasant jewelry would be like what we consider costume, costume jewelry. jewelry? Okay. So he was like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. How you can just dismiss jewelry and not check it out? Because what if it wasn't? Right. Is beyond me. I don't understand that. I would assume that his line of thinking was it was just no value. So, of course, the robbers weren't going to take it. Victoria's room was the only one described as showing signs of being ransacked, which I find interesting. Because, again, I do not like Lord Renz. Who's going to have it out for Victoria? Only him. Well, Lorenz seems like a very good option. Yeah. So this is odd because they had a whole house of things to steal. There were six people living there. Plus, they had animals that would have went for money as well. Right. And instead of taking the animals to sell or use for food even. And then sell the meat. They stayed there feeding the animals and keeping the house going for a couple days or a couple hours at least. So this is odd. The question then arises, why was Victoria's room targeted? Yes. And did it have anything to do with the fact that it was Victoria's children who seemed to get the most brutality? Was the six person murder really just about her? So remember these Murders took place March 31st. The bodies had not been found until four days later. While the farm just seemed to be quiet or abandoned, people were not completely worried. Why? Because they had seen the smoke from the chimney and the animals seemed to be tended to. Mm -hmm. This means the killer had murdered the entire family and then lived in the house taking care of the farm, which I, I can't reason with in my head. I just can't reason with that. Like, why would you do that? I feel like it could have been somebody that lived in the house and then just decided to take his own life. Right. Well, they've talked about that and I found articles and nobody seems to think that it would be possible with the way the wounds were. That was going to be my next question. It did not seem that it was like, let's say Andreas Gruber. There was no way to do it because if that were the case, who would you pinpoint? Little Joseph isn't going to do it. No. It couldn't be Andreas Gruber. How would he have 
stacked himself among the bodies in the barn. Do you see what okay, I mean? Yes, and maybe, maybe. So was it the new maid? But where's she? She was dead. Remember? But she wasn't a one. I meant she no. Wasn't she's not in the stack. stack. She's in she's the house. in the other room. Yeah. I in a Off different room. Yep. But she also had wounds that they said it doesn't look like she would have killed herself. But I do find it interesting. I don't know if you put this together. She showed up March 31st around 6 p.m. The murders happened March 31st that evening. It happened right after she arrived and right after her sister left. Yeah, you didn't put that together in your head yet? No. The same day that she showed up. Could you imagine? What if it was a sister? I don't know. I mean, I assume they talked to the sister because she was like, yeah, I dropped my sister off. I met the family and then I left. But did she really leave? I don't know. The question is, was it somebody who knew the family? I feel like that's a very brutal killing spree. And I feel like that's personal. I know. We're going to really talk about our opinions here at the end. So I guess I'm not going to say what I want to right now. Okay. I would think that if it were somebody who knew the family, then the townsfolk would have known. They liked to talk. Yeah, they did. So, remember, it's a small place in between the two towns, and it seems that everyone knew everyone else's business. Lorenz knew how much money everybody had. I don't understand that. So, if it were local, if it was somebody local, and they had been in someone else's resident hiding for four days, because they stayed, like, the entire weekend taking care of the farm, the police would hear about it. I would think, like, let's just say we had our own little small town and you killed my entire family, but then you stayed in my apartment and everybody would go, where's Amanda? Because that's what this town was. They noticed if somebody was missing. So let's just say if Lorenz went in and then stayed there for four days, somebody would be looking for Lorenz. That's where we're at. That's why they're like, I don't think it's somebody local because we would have known if somebody was gone. Now, Sometimes in murders, you'll come across faces being hidden. So, like, if, like, you killed me, but then you got guilty conscience and you were like, ooh, can't look at Ashley's face, drape a pillowcase over that or something. It's usually when they just, they feel guilt or their conscience just can't handle it. So, here, we had their bodies completely covered. Not just their faces. Everything was covered. The four in the barn covered with hay. Hay. And then the other two, little Joseph and Maria, were just the things just put on them. This could mean that it was because the killer knew them. Maybe. But I doubt it. I doubt it. Because remember, the maid, Maria, was also killed and covered. But she had just arrived. Could they tell in what order were the ones no. in the in the barn? No. There's, there's never or... really been given an order. They don't even know the order they were stacked in. Only Lorenz would know that. Because he's the one that moved the dang bodies. Oh, ho, there's a pile of dead bodies. Let me move them And then I can't, and then he's like, I don't know which, I don't know what order they were in. It's four bodies. You don't know. How, how, it's, it's not like you see piles of dead bodies every day. You can't remember which one went first. Yeah, I don't know. Remember Maria, she wasn't well known. Nobody like knew her. She just showed up that day. So if it was somebody who knew the family, why are they covering her? They didn't know her. Lorenz even said there was an unknown female. And that would have been her. That would have been her. He didn't know her. She had just arrived. So Lorenz didn't even know her because he said she's an unknown female. I feel like we need more background on Maria. So why cover? I looked everywhere for background on Maria. And other than just she had slight, mild mental and physical disabilities. Okay, but who doesn't? Other than that, which we all have mental disabilities right now. 
So why cover her face? Why kill her at all? Had she seen the killer and therefore needed to be killed? Because. I'm still pointing towards the sister. Because if Maria was new in town, the sister was new in town. And if the sister didn't come back into town from dropping her sister off, people would probably think, oh, she's just staying out with them. Okay, but what's your motive on that? Why would she do it? Because her sister is now going to grow closer to this family and fear of leaving her behind. Okay. A reward had been posted for any information helping figure out clues in the crime. But despite the 100,000 marks being put up for the reward, nothing came of it. Nothing? Nothing. No tips? Nothing? No. Oh. So the $100,000 marks in 1922 would be like $54,736.60 in U.S. dollars. For a little more sidebar information, let's bring it to 2022. Here we are, 100 years later, with inflation, because, you know... The reward would have been posted at $1,720,886.90 in marks, which in U.S. would translate to $941,955.05. I don't know about you folks, but that's quite a chunk of change. That is. Almost, it's what, almost, yeah, almost $2 million and for a reward? Came nobody. For nobody. Nobody. Oh so let's move on to the suspects. There were over 100 suspects. Okay, how did they get 100 suspects? They were ranging from family members, ex-lovers, known robbers, gangs, murderers. Per usual, the townsfolk gossiped. They placed blame on pretty much whoever they felt like it. Any Tom, Dick, and Harry that I feel came like about. this police work is Sketchy. not up to par. Yeah, it's not up to Sketchy. par. It's... <laughs> yeah. So apparently at one point, a former maid of the farm placed blame on a few men that she said had worked on the farm. And that was how they knew their way around it. With that logic, though. You would need to know where. With that logic, though, she could easily be a suspect, too. She was a maid there. She's going, hey, these two people worked on the farm. Yeah, but you lived. You worked on the farm. Exactly. So she's placing blame on two people. When really every, right, she's going because, and she's literally the same. So I don't know. They did look into it, but they found no evidence of what she was saying to be true. There is a complete list on Hinter Kaifek Das Wiki site. You know, yeah. I I went specifically and took the link to the suspect page and it's going to be in our show notes. So somebody can just click on that and just go through it because we are not going through. We'll We'll be here for weeks. This could go on forever. Yeah. Remember how I said that it was really short of a case and I was going to come up with hopefully five pages? You have 29 pages, I have 29 pages, and that's not with nearly, that's not even with like a .01 fraction of the suspects. (laughs) This will go on forever. We would have to probably do like two suspects every episode and maybe get through the rest of this year just doing that. (laughs) What was season one for allegedly? Hinter (laughs) Kaifek. The whole season? Yes, the whole season. Thank you, Patrick M. <laughs> Ruined my life with this episode, <laughs> with this case. You <laughs> don't even understand. He hasn't gotten this far in listening, but he's requesting stuff. And now we're covering it. He hasn't gotten that far in listening. Wait until he goes, holy shit, I put you through hell. Yeah. You think. Yeah. You think. Yeah. And you cause the presence here to not be it's, happy. <laughs> it's like a waterfall effect. Yeah. It all, I started at the top and it just has gone downhill from there. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you, but I think I already know your answer since you mentioned it, but who would be your first suspect? Who do you think 
in your mind, if you are looking at suspects, who do you think is the first suspect after everything we've talked about? The first person I would go to would be Lorenz. Oh, okay. That's not who I thought you were going to um, say. If I'm going from an investigator standpoint, not having covered all that we've covered, just in my mind, I think as an investigator, I would go to him first. Because okay. he's got a lot to say. And so he is my number one. And I hate him with a passion just because he is super sketch. Super sketch. But my money is on the sister of the... See, that's what I thought you were going to say. And I'm sure that they had to figure all that out and talk... They did talk to her because they wanted to know where Maria came from. So they did track her down. Let's look at the man of the hour. Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Come on down. So he clearly had means and motive. Yes. He himself presented as having a weird and tangled relationship with the family. He, he gave he it all. He pretty much admitted to that. Yeah. yeah. Some would say he knew right where to find the bodies, which is something James brought up to me because I was kind of telling James about this. We were listening to part two and he goes, you remember how I was reading it word for word and we were like, oh, that's a weird translation when he stumbled yeah. He stumbled over something. He wasn't sure what it was. And then all of a sudden somebody went, oh my God, a foot. And then Lorenz said, wouldn't that be nice? Or something like that. He said something about it. And you looked at me like I had 14 heads. Yes. James said he probably knew the bodies were there, but forgot where exactly a foot was, stumbled over it and went, oh shit. And then somebody went, oh my God, it's a foot. And he went, oh, well, hot damn. That, how'd that get there? That's what James took it as. And I went, oh my gosh, I never even thought about I that. I didn't think about that. Not only that, he did act very odd at the scene, if you remember. The two men with him, he said he was unmoved by the murders, except looking for his son. Then he entered a house to look for more people without a care in the world that the murderer could be in there. Nobody knew whether these people were in there, like whoever did this. Not to mention... Didn't he also get interviewed years later and was like, no, that's not my son. Mm-hmm. So nine years after murders, after the murders, and he was like, yeah, no, he's not my kid. Here's what so, happened with that. Oh, yeah. He's... So, but I mean, if you, if, if, again, not to always make you kill me, if you found me dead and I, I was, would already know who did let's it. Let's say I'm I out in the foyer. I would already know who did it and it wouldn't have been me. <laughs> let's say I'm down in the foyer. Okay. You find me and you were like, oh my God. Landon and Tara, where are they? Right, that would be the first thing. Are you going to run up to my apartment to find them if you don't know the murderer is still in there? No, I'm going to call 911 first. Yeah, no, he didn't He didn't do that, remember? He ran into a house where he didn't know if the murderers were still there. That's questionable. That's questionable. I don't even think I would make it up your stairs. As soon as I saw you there, I would have backed out and then called 911 because you can't go into a building blindsided. Right, right. Circle back to what you said about Lorenz and the night he was there and the two statements he gave. Yeah. So at first he said he was the father of young Joseph. And then in the second statement, nine years later, he said, I'm not really the father. One of the men that was there the night of the murders when they discovered it, right? Mm -hmm. Jacob Siegel claimed that Lorenz shouted, where is my boy? As he rummaged through the hay. I don't know. He put on a very good show about this is my boy, this is my boy, this is my boy. Nine years later, no, he's not. So which is it? I don't think I don't think it is his son. If we're going on my thoughts, I don't think it's his son. I think it's yeah. I think he. I think it is Andreas. Andreas's child. But that that does not make Lorenz any better to me. No. Oh no. He was well known around in the in the surrounding area, right? 
he was a well-known man. But no one saw him around the crime scene between Friday and Tuesday, nor did they report any suspicious absence on his part, which is exactly what we've already talked about. Nobody said, hey, Lorenz is missing. I mean, he's got kids and a wife. But he sent two of his boys down first. Yeah, I find that weird. And then they all went again, all three of them, didn't they? The boys didn't go, although the way he stated something in his statement sounded like the older one went. The older one. He took two neighbors with him. That's what it and was. And the reason okay. I think he took two neighbors with him was because he wanted them to kind of find the bodies more, but he really just barged in there until he stumbled, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah. So Rain Gruber believed that Lorenz Schlittenbauer was innocent. But, again, he also thought it was a robbery gone wrong. I do not think his beliefs on whether it was Lorenz or not, it doesn't hold much water to me. Do you know what I mean? I So, so how do Whatever Rain Gruber says, I take with a, a grain of salt. A grain. A, a large a, grain of salt. A fraction of a grain of salt. So how did the detectives on this case end it? How what was their final findings, uh, conclusion? I don't think there is a final is conclusion. They they have the Rain Gruber thing. They have the selling of the house, like, a what year was later. What with the property after everything was torn down? Do we know? It's just, yeah. Land? I, 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 I know, and we'll get to it in a little bit, so I don't want to circle to that now. But I think what happened was, is nobody ever came forward knowing any information. No suspects were actually... Arrested? Arrested. There were tons of suspects, obviously, and we're going to go through a couple more. But I don't... This is an unsolved case. Here we are 100 years later. We don't know what happened to them. We don't know who did it. I think Rain Gruber was the head honcho here and just calling all the shots. So moving on. In in part, I believe, one, we talked about two guys hiding their faces that the bicyclists saw. Remember them? Yeah. Okay, their names are Carl Bickler and George Matter. Clearly, these two need to be on the list of suspects. Well, yeah, if you're, you know, they were that's in the, strange behavior. They were in the area the very night of the murders. And someone saw them acting suspiciously. Yeah. Very sus indeed. Hiding their faces and whatnot. Like, I don't know. So yeah. who are they? Yeah, who are well, they? Well, Carl Bickler was known as a lazy worker, and he was guilty of petty thefts, multiple petty thefts, from farms in the area. The police files contain nine statements from residents who mention him as a potential suspect, but there's nothing concrete to go on. A few acquaintances go so far as to say that Bickler had asked them to participate in a robbery at Hinterkaifeck. He told them that it would involve killing Andreas just to scare the women. A police report on Bickler dated the 2nd of May in 1922 states that he had acquired a drug to knock out the farm's dog. I'm sorry. Oh my god, did the, did the dog live? I'm so sorry. No. Did you have to mention that? <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Amanda is fine with doing a true crime podcast. We we had talked about this before. We meant we were not going to talk about She's crying. Okay. No, everything's fine. The dog's fine. The dog's fine. It was just to knock it out, make it go sleepy sleepy time. Sleepy sleepy time for the dog. Everything's fine. Okay. Moving on. But the same report also describes the dog not barking at Carl's brother, Anton. So, all right, can you move on? The dog is fine. Pull yourself together. Good Lord. So, did you hear what I said? Yeah, dogs know when people are evil. Right, but he was not barking at Carl's brother, Anton. 
So if Carl Bickler was planning to rob Hinter Kaifak and he was worried about the dog, wouldn't it just be easier to bring his brother to handle the dog and lock it up rather than drugging the dog? You would think so, but apparently they ain't that smart. Okay, well, it was just talks, all right? So you don't have to worry. According to police reports, Carl was arrested in relation with the Hinter Kaifak murders on May 5th. They arrested Carl. However, he gave an alibi for the whole weekend of the murders. He was working in another town with multiple witnesses, and by May 12th, the alibis had checked out and they released him. So oh. it was not him. They arrested him just on the basis of he wanted to. They arrested him for the murders just based on the fact that, just based on the fact that he wanted to rob them. So let me tell you. Let me, let me. But then they let him go. Let me back this idea around. Okay. So the townspeople like to talk. Yeah. There was a rumor going around that these two boys had been asked to rob Hinter Kaifect. Did Lorenz or the sister's maid, the, the maid sister, hear of this rumor and think, hmm, I can go ahead and do this because then they're going to end up blaming it on these two people because they're already planning to come here? I don't think it was the sister. As much as you seem to think to want it to be the sister, I don't think it was the sister. I don't think Maria and her sister were from around the area. So I don't think they would have known that kind but of information. Might have. But Lorenz seems to know everything, so. Do you see what I'm saying, I though? Do. So the question now is, if he was out of town, then how did the bicyclist, Simon Reislander, see him at the farm on April 1st? He had an alibi. He was released from being arrested. If he was out of town, like his alibi shows, then how did the bicyclist see him? So it seems that George Matter has less information in his background and that's just because his criminal history is far less, if at all. Oh, so, okay. despite being friends with Carl, George also had an alibi that checked out, and he too was working. So now the question changes. If these two men had been working and those alibis checked out, then who were the men that Simon saw? Simon said that it was Carl and George, even though they hid their faces and it was dark. He clearly says, though, that's who it was. But if Simon said that it was them, then he must have seen enough to determine that it was them, right? Yeah. If it wasn't them, though, like the police determined, is it possible that it was just somebody who looks like them? Carl had a brother, Anton, the one that got along with the Hinterkaifeck dog. That would account for his likeness to Carl, but George did not seem to have any siblings. So who looked like George? I don't know. Anton would be somebody that I would look into, especially since he said he knew the family and the farm well enough to be on good terms with their dog. Anton Bickler's alibi, because he was looked into, for the 31st of March into April 1st was also deemed to be strong, although we don't know what it is. We don't know anything about Simon. They didn't look into Simon. I think Simon was just doing a town folk thing. He was just riding home on a bicycle from somewhere. I think I think it was work. I, I feel like we covered it, but now I can't remember. And I don't want to lose my notes and go back. Yeah, and I think he. I think we did cover it. So I think it was just like, oh, okay, wrong That's place, wrong, wrong time. Yeah, the theory that it could be an escaped prisoner because townsfolk were like, oh my god, it's every Tom, Dick, and Harry. It fell solely on an inmate from an asylum in Gunsburg, Gunsburg. It's probably Gunsburg because it's it's Germany. Yeah. So this is sixty miles from him from Kaifeck. Joseph Bartle escaped in 1921. He was never seen again. So once Rainbert Gruber heard that Joseph was the prime suspect in a violent farm robbery in 1919, he put out a warrant for his arrest in relation for Hinter Kaifak. No, I think I would have done that. 60 miles away. Well, 
I can see the logic in that. It is questioned whether or not Joseph could be the mustache man that stood at the edge of the witch's wood that the family saw. Remember that question? Yes. Police records about him, though, stopped in 1927, and he was never caught. So, weirdly, the Hinterkaifeck murders were not an isolated event. It seemed that this kind of brutality was taking place in a few different areas in Germany at the time. According to darkideas.net, which I love everything about that site name, people on the internet scoured old newspapers and what have you looking for links. And here's what they found. They, uh, Hagu attack three months before Hinterkaifeck, a farm in Hagu, Hagu, it's 10 miles away. It was being targeted. Two robbers wearing masks invaded that farm at night and bludgeoned the farmer. His wife managed to escape and call for help, causing the attackers to flee. A newspaper report mentioned that they could also have been responsible for the Hinterkaifeck killings. Okay, so the next one, I don't know how to say this word, but this is it. Oberernbach. Oberernbach. That. Oberernbach. That is less than five miles and days after Hinterkaifeck. It bore striking similarities to the Hagu attack, including the bludgeoning of the farmer while the wife got away. This may be proof that two men were targeting remote farms in 1922, right in the area of Hinterkaifeck. Did they take stuff from that farm? It's not, it doesn't say. Steuben. Nearly 10 years later, another attack would occur by two men on a secluded farm near Steuben, 15 miles from Grubern. The old farmer that lived there with two daughters and a granddaughter were attacked because people invaded the farm as the occupants were heading to bed, bludgeoning the father in his bedroom. The women fled outside, but they were pursued and attacked further with more bludgeoning. The granddaughter managed to escape and get help. Ebsberg. In 1920, around 50 miles southeast of Kaifeck, a farmer in his 60s and his wife were both bludgeoned to death in their beds. The blankets were pulled over them and money was left in clear view, proving that robbery was not the motive there. Dabberg. In possibly the most similar crime to Hinterkaifeck, three adult members of the Weber family were bludgeoned to death in 1935. This is 30 miles east of Groburn. 44-year-old Maria Weber was killed in her bedroom, her body covered with bedclothes, just like Maria Baumgartner. Was this a serial killer? I don't know. It's just things that were kind of happening in the area. I don't know if all of these are done by the same people or not. But they're all similar. They are very similar. I think I think a couple... The one just said robbery. I don't think the other ones were robbery. I think they were just bludgeoned. Maria Weber's mother, Katharina, who was 79, and her brother Richard, who was 17, were both found dead in the cellar, also covered with linen cloth. The killer stayed in the house after the murders, cooking a meal and then searching the house for valuables. The next day, he went into the local town to try and sell the family's cows. So he did steal their livestock. We know this because the killer, Ludwig Weber, was caught and he confessed. I don't know if he's related to the family, but seeing as how Maria's last name was the same as his, could be. So at the age of 25, which makes him too young to have committed the Hinterkaifeck 13 years earlier, this shows that not only can we be led down false trails for the crimes with similar behaviors, but the brutality of what happened 
was neither isolated nor overly rare. So that is what it said on darkideas.net. So going back to the suspects, no one seemed to have everything that the police were looking for as a good suspect. Eventually, the most reasonable avenue of investigation was pursued psychics. Isn't that what it always goes to? They drive me nuts. Not because they're not right, but some it's sometimes or a lot of times it's like, oh, I see so-and-so and they're just fine and they're actually dead. You know, or I see them near water and they're at the top of a mountain. I don't know. Shortly after the autopsies of the Gruber family, their heads were removed. All, all of the heads of the people of all six victims. They are, they took, they took their heads off, off with the heads. Why? They took them off. Well, because they were sent to Munich where these clairvoyants and psychics were employed to seek out metaphysical clues from and they the family's skulls. Yeah. <laughs> they sent the skulls to the psychics and said, here, try to figure it out. <laughs> How do you think that went? No bueno. Yeah, no such look. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happened. Nothing happened with that. Shocking. Let's cut off the heads. Which, by the way, don't you think they need, like, family members to say that's fine? And nobody's right. going to do that. Uh, isn't that a crime in itself? Like, isn't that gruesome abuse of a corpse? A six counts. And if we were trying to get a psychic to figure out why do we need all six heads? They were all in the same spot. Why did we need to send them to a different city? Couldn't those people come to the dead bodies? Well, no, because Rainbruber was from Munich, so we need to send it to, to Munich. It's 1922. How easy is it to get from Munich to here? I don't know. But because this is, I had to eventually stop with the rabbit holes of this case. I did so find some bombshell information as far as suspects would go. Some people suspected that Carl did not die in World War One. You know Carl? Good old yeah. Carl? Carl Gabriel? Yeah, no. They think he didn't die and he came back. Why would they think that? It is said that he wiped out the entire family and fled to Russia. For what reason? <laughs> What was the reason behind that? In a later testimony by someone named Matthias Esser, it is said that Carl Gabriel was a Russian commissioner and he had released Esser from Russian captivity. Of course, this this guy, Esser, later retracted that entire statement. Again with the retracting. <laughs> in an issue of a German newspaper. Donna Greer. So in an issue of that on April 15th, 1999... Oh. I know. Super, super. Wow. I know. It's super recent. <laughs> I know. Teresa. Rough Bohemia. Nope. <laughs> I did the English run one. Rough Bohemia. <laughs> I don't think that's right. <laughs> that doesn't sound like they're. <laughs> that's what it sounds like she's saying. I don't know. <coughs> it's G-R-O, and then there's a weird B in her name. It's not a capital B, but it's like, here's a symbol, and then a lowercase B, and then the O with the two I's above it, and then the H-M-E. <laughs> That's her name. I don't know how to say that. Google Translate doesn't know how to say it. F-M-L. <laughs> F-M-L. I am so sorry, Therese. I can't. <laughs> 
Well, she reported that she learned from Lorenz Hosfelder that he claims to have met Carl Gabriel in 1918 and 1926 in Pfaffenhofen. That's wrong. Pfaffenhofen. Is the P silent? I don't even know. Good thing we don't live in Germany. Pfaffenhofen. Pfaffenhofen. That's gotta be it. Hang on. This is far too much. Okay, we've got the translation here. Pfaffenhofen. Pfaffenhofen. You gotta really enunciate the hose in that. Um, Pfaffenhofen. So... In 1918, he would have shown Hosfelder a stranger's paybook. I don't know what that means. Maybe like their checkbook. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, thing. I guess so. And in 1926, he would have revealed to him that he was the murderer from Hinterkaifeck. In the testimony of Lorenz Hosfelder from 1951, however, he only reports an alleged encounter in 1917, which is neither of the first two dates. So those are a few of the suspects. Again, you can go on and get the whole list. Because I'm not continuing this comedy yeah. anymore. There's a lot of rabbit holes. I think it was Lorenz. So, the Grubers were laid to rest in nearby Wadenhofen Cemetery. Unfortunately, without their heads. Because it seems... The psychics now have them. Yeah, no, they were lost. They lost all six heads. They're gone. They're lost. They lost them. How do you lose a head? No, it's not a head. Six of them. How? How? It was chaos during World War II and they lost them. They they weren't particularly concerned with the heads of six dead people. They just, until, I mean, unless psychics were involved and then they were like, oh, you couldn't figure it out? All right, well, where'd could you, you put that head? Could you tell me, like, psychically where these heads are so we can, like, reconnect Right, them? why couldn't they do that? They So they just took the rest of the bodies and laid them to rest. Oh, my God. Which seems... Um, like, we shouldn't do that. No. I feel like heads are quite important. Yeah. And I feel like a person's not going to be fully laid to rest without their head. 100% agree. 100% agree. I, uh, where are these? 100% agree. If I lived in Germany, I'd be like, uh, everybody check your homes, because if it's in here, we might get haunted. They need to be put to rest. No. no. Well, at any rate, all of these victims, all six of them, do have profiles on Find a Grave. Oh, nice. Although, of course, not much information is listed under their bios other than that they were murdered at Hinterkaifeck, of course. Because we don't like to honor the victims. Just state that they were gruesomely murdered. So today, a monument stands near where the farm used to be. Stands near it. I have a map. Okay, good. I was going to say. Because it's not one that we posted yet and this is exactly why it's weird because it's like down the street from where the farm was but it might still be the property i oh, would okay. you would think that they would want to put it like right on the farm i don't think they've done anything with the farm since like the land the farm is gone the buildings are on but i don't think they i don't know. as for the case hinter kaifek remains and might always remain unsolved and the people's heads are just Somewhere. Out there. And, um, Somewhere. you know, I mean, here we are a hundred years later, Lauren Schlittenbauer isn't alive. Do you also feel like maybe the detectives and cops on this case just really didn't do a very good job? Like maybe things could have been done way differently. I don't know any other of, of the cops on the case other than Rain Gruber. And I 
think that he has tried many times to use a banana as a phone. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he, again, doesn't know his ass from his elbow. Yeah. I agree. Obviously. What, I agree. where did he become a officer of any sort or detective or whatever he is? Why, who gave him those qualifications? Because <laughs> if that's the case, I could, you and I could probably do better. I mean, I've got yeah. 29 pages of notes yeah. on a case that people seem to only cover in 29 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, so, who, yeah. who gave him, who, <laughs> who gave him these qualifications? And then who hired him to walk in somebody's house and go, yeah, you know what? Robbery gone bad here. That's good. Pack it up, guys. We're done. We're done. Oh, Nothing easy. else. Oh, wait. No, one more thing. Cut off their heads. We're going to send them to psychics. Doesn't matter. That's it. Wrap it up, folks. Call it a day. That is all she wrote. No, I don't like him. I don't like, I don't like him. I don't like, I don't like him, but I don't. I don't. Let, I mean, do you have anything you want to talk about? Because I hate me some Lorenz Schlittenbauer. I don't even really like his name. I'm sorry for any family members that might be out there, but I'm pretty sure he did it. I'm, I, I feel like he did, but the only thing that gives me cause for pause is that the person murdered an entire family and then lived on the farm. And he didn't. And he wasn't there. He wasn't there that we know of because nobody said he was missing, but we don't have an alibi to where he was. Well, I mean, he didn't have to sleep there to take care of the property. He could have been there for a few hours, fed the animals, yeah, it the fire, never, and then went back home. Yeah, it never did say that they stayed there, stayed there. But I think there's just too many... And the noise in the attic? What, what was that? I don't know. I don't... There's the a footsteps, little... but none leading out? Lorenz saying, oh, no, 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 no. Andrea said he was attacked. And those people were staying in the engine room. Well, no, they weren't. Because if the they lock. had to break into the engine room, then the other guy didn't have to break into the engine room yeah. and was already broken into. I think Lorenz is just so sketched. I either think he did it, had a hand in it, or... Ha uh, is Knows it, more than what he's saying. Is it beyond anybody's imagination that he so-called could have paid off somebody to do it without paying them off? He didn't have to pay a dime. He knew far too much information about yeah. the financial status of... Of this family. Yeah. So if he just said to two hooligans, which I don't know if his neighbors who went with him, I don't think they did it. I think they were. It would have had to have been somebody from not the area. Right. So who's to say he didn't say, listen, you guys go in there, take out this family for me because I'm paying to be a kid's father who's not my kid. I'm not paying you to do this, but I do know how much money it is. Why don't you just find the 100,000 in Mark's? And call it a day. Yeah. Who's to say he didn't do that? Right. And then pretended like he was so concerned about finding his son as a ruse to play off what he already And it had. wasn't even his it's son, which we found out later. So that's where this wraps up, Amanda. There's I, a lot of questions unanswered. Yeah. Yeah. It bugged me yeah. for a long time. It's going to probably bug me forever. It's Isn't it annoying? I think it's... It's uh, horrible. It's so horrific. So many people were killed. And normally when there's a large group like yeah. that, it, it, something should yeah. have been found. Something, it's clues it, or fingerprints or something. And again, not only is it a whole bunch of people and a whole family, one of those people weren't even a member of the family. Family. 
she just showed up one day ready to get being a maid and she was there for like a couple hours before she's bludgeoned to death for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. So I don't know. That is Hinter Kaifak. I'm a little excited that we're out of this now because I'm hoping that weird stuff will stop happening. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure my presence in my bedroom is amping up just in general, but hopefully there's no more, like, bottles falling, <laughs> signs flying off and across the house, no more choking on sausage. Well, bed shaking. Well, I think the bed shaking thing is just a him th- or her thing. I don't even know if it's a guy or girl. I know nothing about this presence in my bedroom. They don't speak. Uh, they don't move things. They just like to lay on me or next to me. And now, apparently, shake beds. They were playing again with the Ramses the other night. I feel like that would be a whole nother episode. I should just, maybe I should start keeping notes. Yeah. I have not been. Have you ever thought about setting up, like, a, a recorder? Like, like video camera? Um, I don't know how I feel about having a video camera in my bedroom. I mean, just in general. I did set up my phone one day when I felt the presence. I didn't catch anything. Tara has downloaded a stupid app to look for ghosts. And then she went all over my room with the beeping noise on her phone and going, (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) that's literally what she did the entire time. (laughs) Like she was on the discovery channel. Like she was on ghost adventures, ghost adventures with Zach. And she went over to my closet with her little phone. (laughs) Beep, 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 beep. And then she's like, oh, it's gone. And then she went around my room. Beep, beep. And then she went over to my head like it was sitting on my head. And she goes, ah! beep, 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 beep. And she's like, it's red hot, mom. And I'm like, I, it's ice. You generally, they're ice cold. I don't know. She, it's so much. We hope you enjoyed Hinter Kaifect as much as we did. Yes. We will be back next week. We also have something really awesome coming next week. You guys will love it. We hope you guys have a great week. Welcome to summer. Oh, yes. Yesterday, right? Was the first day of summer. Yeah. Not for you. I mean, well, no, it was not for everybody in different parts of the world. But yesterday when from when we're recording. Yes. So it's it's summer here for us in Binghamton. Um, I'm getting done with school. Amanda's getting done with school and now we just get to hang with the kiddos all summer and call it a day and work on allegedly. Well, yeah, I like that part. I like that part too. I mean, I like hanging with my kids, don't get me wrong, but you know, kids will be kids. I think we've gone through this plenty of times throughout the years where we're like, okay, well, it's July 1st. Is it time for school yet? Yeah, yes. Yes. That was a fun... I'm so excited for summer and then I'm like, oh Oh my god, we have so many things to do! Ding, 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 July 1st. Alright, well, I'm gonna kill somebody, so... (laughs) We've done that plenty of times. I think we even have a Shanda's on it, but that's another thing, so... Alright, guys, have a great week. We love you guys. Come back. Bye.